when I was probably about that age, I had a kid tell me that on the school bus that, you know, oh, your parents had sex and I punched him in the face. I'm like, they would never. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Well, hello, David. Hello, honey. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Before we get into today's guest, we need to announce our next winner of the Sylvia Krakauer Nacho Kids Scholarship. That's going quite well, too. I'm sorry, the Nacho Kids Academy Scholarship. That's true. Yes. Yep. So the people that are winning are getting in there and really getting value from it. Yes, they are. So I'm liking that. I'm liking that they're diving in and getting value, improving their relationships. And people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that it can make such a huge difference in just a month. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So our winner for today is <laughs> Jana S. Congratulations, Jana S. Jenna S., check your email. You should have an email from Lori at nachokids.com telling you the next steps to get you started. Awesome. Very good. Look forward to meeting Jenna in the Academy. Yes. Sweet. Okay. Our guest today is, I guess this is a disclaimer. <laughs> there are some triggers here. Um, this lady's stepson and bio son did some inappropriate things. All right. And we actually see this more often than you would realize. In fact, there was a post in the Nacho Kids Facebook group yesterday about something similar. And I'm like, you've got to listen to this podcast it's releasing. This lady has been blending about five years, mm-hmm. one stepson and two bio sons. Okay. When the inappropriate behavior happened, she had to figure out how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And of course, everybody told her to leave. Oh, yeah. I mean, they'll tell you to leave if the kid's leaving a sock on the floor. <laughs> yeah, they will. How dare they disrespect your home? I'd kick them out. Yeah. Yeah, eight years old. Yeah, so you <laughs> know that this lady got some really um, bad advice, I guess you would say. Well, I don't know that it was bad advice. Yeah, well... When it comes to advice, I always tell people there's the advice that people will give you, and then there's the advice that they will follow. Right. Because everybody that tells you things to do, they're not in that situation, and they don't have all the dynamics happening in their life. I can easily tell somebody else what to do, but it doesn't affect me. (laughs) But you know, David, as I was listening to her, I was thinking if something inappropriate had happened between... One of your kids and my son, mm-hmm. I don't know that I could have stayed. I think it all depends. Like, depends on how long we were together. You know, it was it during that time we were already having tons of issues where it would have been like, okay, that's just one more thing. That's <laughs> it, it, a sign, you know. Um, how inappropriate was it? I mean, it's just lots of stuff there. Yeah, there is a level of inappropriateness. Yeah. And... For lack of a better word, hers was on the lower end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. but it was still traumatizing for everyone. Oh, yeah. But her and her husband pushed through it, 
work together and have not let this ruin their relationship. Which takes a lot of work, I'm sure. Yes. And and they will be better because of it, because it's always those trying times and those struggles that if you can get through them together, it, it does make you a stronger couple. Yeah, and, you know, she even said that, that oddly enough, they bonded over the traumatic incident. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I don't want to talk too long because I want you to hear this. All right. This woman is awesome. So... So does this need to be a disclaimer or a warning for young ears? Well, probably a disclaimer or a warning for possible triggers for anybody that has dealt with um, inappropriate sexual behavior. Right. So if it's happened to you or it's going to bring up bad memories or feelings, then you may want to skip this episode. Right. Yep. And I hope we said that early enough to where somebody didn't skip through our intro and then be shocked. <laughs> That's because you shouldn't skip the intro. Well, David, they have to. It's 20 minutes long. Just well, kidding, kind of. Some, some people love it. Yes. Some people don't, and it's okay. For all you people that love David and I doing our intro and outro, we love you. <laughs> For yep. all you people that don't, you ain't hearing this anyway. <laughs> all right. So uh, I guess you and I will banter at the end. Yes, briefly. Briefly, yes. Okay, well. Let's get into the interview right after a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we have an anonymous stepmom from Florida. Hey, anonymous stepmom from Florida. How are you? Hey, I'm good. She's a non-a-mom. <laughs> a non-a-mom. <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> hey, th- that, no, that still has mom in it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to use that as stepmom, right? Well, I think I'm going with scapegoat. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. I do too. Instead of stepmom, it's the scapegoat. Yeah, it's better than a stepgoat. <laughs> easy target, you know, any one of those things. Oh, yeah. Easy target. That's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm write that down. <laughs> So, Anonymous, tell us a little bit about your blend. How long have you been blending? How many stepkids, bio kids, ours kids, neighbors kids? Well, um, we have been married for about five years, and or I guess right at five years this summer. And we have a um, no ours kids. I have two bio sons, and my husband has a son. So, my two bio kids are 12 and 15, both boys. And my stepson is 19. Okay. And yep, that answers all your questions. Yeah. Okay. Podcast <laughs> over. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. So, th- so he's over 18. You're in the clear now, right? Yes. He is uh, on the mend. We are getting there with some maturity. So. All, all the problems ended when he turned 18, right? Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> it just magically went away. Right. And people I ask wish. that question all the time. They're like, does it get easier when they get older and move out? And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, you still have hurdles. I mean, it's still life. It's not like they disappear. Exactly. Yeah. You can't That's take a, sure. you can't take a broken relationship and say, well, when they get older, does it get better? 
No, it's still broken. <laughs> right, right. And at his age, he's not here a lot at our home a lot. So that's that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just get to the nitty gritty. We have you All as right. a guest because you had some issues with your stepson being inappropriate with your bio son. Yes, unfortunately. Unfortunately, and it was literally a month and a half after we said I do that all this went down and we had zero red flags that this was, was going to be an issue. Um, I mean, if you want, I can just get into it. Can I tell you how it went? <laughs> What's the ages at the time that this happened? Oh, at the time, my son who it happened to was 10. My stepson was 14 and my other son was seven. So he was little and didn't know what was going on for the most part, but I'll tell you about that in a minute. Okay. All right. So now we, we got the stage set. So go ahead. Okay. Okay, so we had just said I do. We just moved in together. I'm telling you, we did exactly what they tell you to. I'm a big Rondeal girl. So we did his premarital um, for blended families uh, counseling. We uh, walked through that together. We did all these like personality tests. We uh, waited to introduce our kids to each other until we've been dating almost a year. Um, our kids knew one another, but we didn't introduce each other as our significant other until we've been dating about a year. Um, we dated a long time, almost three and a half years, and um, thought we just had our ducks in a row. We were like, man, we're going to kill this. We're going to be, you know, against the odds, and we're going to, it's going to be just, you know, just so. Because that's the way my husband and I are both very um, plan and hope, you know, plan and know that everything's going to go as planned Mm -hmm. and this was like a kick in the tail we it it was so beyond anything we could have prepared for that I mean it's it's almost impossible to describe um so we had been married about a month and a half and my son had a um incredibly strange reaction to finding out that my husband and I his stepdad were being intimate we hadn't I mean we had the door closed every time but for some reason in his little 10 year old brain, he didn't realize that was going to be a part of our marriage. I mean, we'd mm-hmm. had tons of conversations around sexuality and healthy sexuality, even at 10, you know, boys are boys. So they ask questions. And I'd always said, you have questions, you come to me. I want to be your source of information, not your buddies, not the internet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for some reason, he, f- we had a conversation about that and he was like, what that's not happening you better not ever do that with my mom and ran off down the street like hysterical and that was not really if that doesn't really fit his personality for him to have a huge reaction like that so I knew right then and there it was like a mom instinct something is off something's going on yeah well I have to admit when I was probably about that age I had a kid tell me that on the school bus that, you know, oh, your parents had sex and I punched them in the face. I'm like, they would never. (laughs) (laughs) And it's even harder for blended families for kids to realize that because like they say, we're all coming from a place of loss once you, once you get married. And and like they always say, when, when it is said and done and the I do's are said, it's even more of a loss for kids of divorce. And so they feel like it's, you know, in not in it's not written in sand anymore it's written in stone and my, you've got my mom and you, or you've got my dad and they feel territorial I think so oh, yeah. anyway he ran off down the street and I my instincts kicked in and I followed him and we talked and right away he was he was sobbing and he was saying mom mom something's happened and I 
for if if I can say one thing, it is to have those conversations with your kids so that they already feel comfortable talking to you about those things because he he and I had had so many of those conversations throughout my divorce with my ex and just those bedtime conversations he he was ready he was ready to get this burden off his heart and he's always been the kid thank god for this that has never let any of his mistakes go past bedtime he always tells me mom i lied today or <laughs> i messed up or i hit my brother or whatever so man that's an awesome yeah. kid i know <laughs> Well, thank goodness your reaction wasn't like, you get back here. I can't believe it. I'm going to tear your tail up for reacting that way, you know? Yes. And so he just told me, right. It was just like, like verbal vomit. He was like, mom, uh, my stepbrother and I remember when, uh, it, thank God it had only, it, it happened twice. And it happened when we had mistakenly thought, I mean, not, like I said, no red flags for this. So let him stay up and play video games. Okay. So we had gone to bed. And there's just enough of an age gap there, enough of a knowledge gap that my stepson, uh, I think, felt kind of entitled to uh, help my son understand sex. And so I think that's where, if I understand it correctly, that's where the conversation began was, what do you know about blah, 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 which my son asked the questions. And, you know, my stepson then felt, well, I heard that this is what you do. And so it kind of went on from there, from conversation the first time to um, inappropriate stuff on the internet. And at that time, we didn't have filters set up. And then I think, I think it was the first night there was some experimenting going on. Um, and then he told me that it happened again, like a week later. And then he told me, I don't think much time passed, maybe a week and a half, two weeks before he before he told me what had happened. That poor kid, that had to be eating him up inside because, oh, yeah. I mean, you're telling us how he is, you know, at night, it's, oh, I lied today. Can you imagine going three weeks? Oh, oh, no. I mean, I was the same way as a kid. Yeah. He had to have a lot of internal struggles. Like, I mean, so what what did you, I mean, you, you had to have this feeling just like, I mean, I know you said it's like a punch in the gut, but it's worse than that. It's like somebody just ripped your guts out and showed them to you. Yes. And I, I can make this a very brief part of our conversation, but in my first marriage, I experienced infidelity and not just infidelity, but um, sex addiction. And so it, to me, it was the same uh, ripped open feeling that I got when my ex-husband would admit something to me that he had done. But on a maybe times three or four, that feeling because it's your flesh and blood is your child. And not only that, it's your child being hurt by your new husband's child. And so there's all these layers of not only emotion, but I mean, just, I don't even know how to describe it. It was horrific. So there's, I mean, there's a lot to get into here. Um, and I want to try to take this in stages. I want to focus First, on you and your feelings and your reaction. Um, then I want to know more about your son. And then I want to know more about how this started getting into the relationship of how you dealt with it with your spouse. So, and how he dealt with it. Right. All, and all that. So I'm, I'm, as much as we are not good with sticking <laughs> <laughs> with a track, we want to try to go down that path in that order. Okay. That sounds um, good. Because what I I want to understand from a parental side there has 
I would imagine if, if it were me and I've not been through that, but if it, if it were me, I would feel like I've somehow failed as a parent. Like I didn't protect my kid. Did you go through that? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, yeah, there are no really words for how to describe that feeling like I failed. Um, I would say that was at, at the beginning, the most, that was probably the strongest emotion for me rather than anger towards my stepson or, um, even, even protection of my son. It was, I cannot believe that we were so stupid to think that a 14 year old, you know, could not be dumb because all 14 year olds are dumb, male or female. But, but how could I, how could I think that was okay to let my 10 year old hang out while we've gone to sleep? But I think a lot of step families think, well, you know, that's, that's an age gap, but they're playing video games. What's the big deal? Right. So I think it was, um, probably the most intense emotion that I felt at first was guilt. And I wanted to fix it more than anything. And, and just knowing that you can't fix that was incredibly difficult. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm sure you look at it differently now, obviously, but I don't think you, I don't think you go into that situation thinking something like that is even possible. No, you don't. And I think Ron Deal covers that in his, I think he talks about, um, inappropriate sexuality within the step family. I think he covers that in his book. And I meant to look for that today mm-hmm. because it, I know it's a part of, I know it's a part of, you know, even nuclear families sometimes have issues like this. I mean, you hear about incest all the time, but mm-hmm. it's not, it's even less talked about, I think, for step families to even recognize that it's an issue at times. Yeah. But to talk about it is like. <laughs> well, it's um, a lot of people don't realize this. And we had a conversation on a coaching call recently. Um, a lot of people don't realize that it's actually promoted within the pornography industry heavily. Absolutely. Promoted. Absolutely, especially stepmom, stepson, step. Yes, and stepsister, stepbrother. I mean, oh, but gosh. yes, the step family, blended family, sexual deviation, or you want to call it, is heavily promoted in the in the, in the pornography industry. So, if you've got so a teenager up. that's looking at porn, there's probably a better than eighty percent chance he's looking at step family pornography. Yeah, absolutely. How messed up? Yeah, yeah. And, and then in their head, it's well, they're not my relative. Right. Well, and there isn't that biological, like I've heard that there is like a block for sister and brother usually, but there isn't the same biological block. And, mm-hmm. and I may, I may be saying that wrong, but that's kind of what the takeaway I got um, from research that I did. But so there isn't as much, um, I don't know. So he tells you about it. <laughs> so he tells me about it. And immediately I called um, the person that did our premarital counseling, who was our, we hadn't needed to go see her yet <laughs> as a married <laughs> couple because we just got married, but they, she did our premarital counseling and uh, we called her right away and she referred me to a specialist for children. And I took him the next, my son the next morning. Um, and so kind of the way it worked with all that is that she had to report to DSS, which of course we were fine with. Um, my stepson got a separate therapist from the one my son had and they recommended, which we were going to do anyway, what they recommended an immediate separation, not of uh, us as a married couple, but of the children, um, which we complied with obviously. And I will say that we, um, we leaned heavily on the professionals because we were so lost. I mean, you couldn't have asked 
anyone around you for advice on how to, what to do. I mean, even my best friend was super supportive and helpful and loving, but no one knows what to say. I didn't even share with my family what happened. They still don't know. We did talk to our in-laws about it just because they had to kind of help facilitate the separation and having some, one of the boys go there sometimes and one of the boys um, stay with us and then we'd sometimes switch. But for a for part of the six months, don't let them see each other time. Um, my husband had to go and stay with him at his parents' house so that, he, you know, we could keep that separation um, going because we definitely wanted to comply with that part of the therapist recommendations. Right. So after, after your son told you, um, describe how you viewed his emotions. Like did, did, was there relief? Was there a lot of anguish? Did he beat himself up because of it? What did he go through? Um, he had some shame because he, I was telling Lori this earlier. He, um, I put him in the victim category, but he saw himself as a participant and he knew Mm -hmm. that was wrong. And, you know, I never said, you never should have done that. I was just, my only message to him was, I am so thankful he told me, I am so glad that this is out in the open because we need to, you know, we need to talk about it. We need, it needed to stop and thank God it could have kept going and all of that. But he did, he felt some shame and he felt some embarrassment. Um, but I think there was a sense of relief as well. Like my mom knows now she's going to fix it, (laughs) you know, and he did have a lot of trust in my husband as well to help the situation. Um, and I think that that could have gone one into, you know, it could have gone several different ways. He could have lost trust for the person that hurt him, his dad. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was, I mean, and the whole other layer to this was me having to inform my son's dad that very next day because I couldn't keep that secret. I not only had to call the therapist, I had to tell my son's dad what happened. And surprisingly, you know, as, as long as we separated the kids, he was pretty trusting of what the therapist had to say. Thankfully he never flipped out or filed for custody or he, you know, that was a whole nother layer to this that I forgot about until just now. That was an awful, awful conversation. Yeah, and I, and I bet you were scared today that he was going to try to take it from you. I did. I was, and I asked him, you know, what does this make you want to do? And I mean, so yeah, that was a real fear for me, for sure. So, what were your feelings toward the stepson at this point? No oh boy, uh, <laughs> I um, had a physical reaction to his presence after he told me, after my son told me what had happened. Um, and I did ask my husband to remove my stepson from the home that very night, not permanently, just he needs to go to his mom's. He cannot be here at, with me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean by physical reaction? I, I, every time I saw him for almost a year, I had, I sw- started sweating, um, started breathing hard. Just my heart would race. I, it literally, I was cooking dinner for the child that molested my child and doing his laundry. And I don't want to sound like a martyr, but the reality is I chose to do those things, but it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And that's even, even harder than my first marriage and all that I went through there. Um, Choosing to 
choosing love for my husband's child in spite of those things, I I don't know how I did it. The only thing I can say is that God enabled me and my faith informs a lot of the things I do, but I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be overly righteous or anything like that because I didn't respond really well in the moment. Um, Especially, I think once it sunk in several weeks later, and even a year later, I saw I saw him trying to talk privately to my son one time, and I lost it. I said, "You're never, never." You know, I got, I got, I didn't get in his face, but I, I definitely had a human reaction. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, I, I said, "You don't ever speak privately to him again." And, and the, you know, one time I heard they talked about something about a girl that my stepson was dating, and among other things, he has not been perfect since then. He has made progress, but. He, you know, I, I've lost it at times, but in the moment, for whatever reason, I, I think it was because I saw him as a child. I, I, in, in some ways, I, I see him as the perpetrator and the predator in this situation. But in most of the time that I think about that time in his life, in, in our family's lives, I can see him as just a child who was not only hurting from his parents' divorce, hurting because of our new marriage um, and confused. He's not gay. He's not, you know, sexually questioning his sexuality. He, <laughs> I think it, I truly see, and I did even then, I, um, I see what happened as curiosity and, you know, dumb childish decisions on both of their parts, not necessarily my son. You know, I don't think he, I definitely put him in the victim role no matter what. Um, he, he was a victim of, of my stepson's curiosity, but, um, there's only been a few times that I truly feel like he had, he was, is, or was trying to hurt my child. I don't know if that makes sense. How does your, your seven-year-old play into the story? He was just a little confused because, you know, we'd been talking up for years about how we were going to finally get to live together because we didn't live together before we got married. And all of a sudden, his stepbrother was no longer there at the same time as him. You know, I haven't seen stepbrother in weeks. Mom, what's going on? Why well, I thought we were going to all live together. And then sometimes when when and if my husband had to leave for the night to go be with his son, we'd have to come up with just some, you know, he had to go away in business or, you know, it, it sucked. That's all there was to it. It sucked, especially when you're first married. Did you have conversations with him about, um, you know, I guess just kind of prodding and asking, does anything yes. happen you need to tell me? Yes. Absolutely. And just like my older son, we had always had open conversations about that sort of thing. Not to the same extent, obviously, because he was only seven at the time. But we had always talked about, you know, if someone ever touches you inappropriately, you are, you got to tell mom right away. And And that is, I believe, the reason, one of the reasons my older son did end up telling me, but yes, we had immediately had uh, that conversation with him of just making sure nothing had happened to him and that we had him in therapy at the same time. And the therapist asked him the same follow-up questions just to make sure that there were not more children involved. Mm -hmm. Did you have to do any kind of um, uh, medical examination? No, the therapist did not recommend that. Okay. And there wasn't any, oh gosh, how do I say this? Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a rape situation, if I can say it that way. Okay. It was just more experimenting with other things. Right. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. 
Got so, it. <laughs> got it. So I have to ask, when you told your husband, what was his reaction? Um, I'm trying to remember how it happened, but I think when my son gave me some clues as to what he was about to tell me, I think I just said, wait a minute, we need to go get your stepdad. And so I'm pretty sure he was there for the um, main telling of what happened. He was pretty, he's a pretty calm guy anyway. He's not a big reactive person. Um, But I do remember us going in at that point, asking my son to wait after he told us, you know, having our reaction, whatever it was, just trying to stay calm. And then us going into my stepson's room and asking for confirmation. You know, my son has told me this, tell me that this is not true. And he did in fact confirm that that's what had happened. But my husband just, he's an action oriented guy. He just immediately said, pack your bags, son, you have to go to your mom's indefinitely for right now. And that's what he, and then he left and took him and He's not an emotional reacting guy. So he, he didn't necessarily, you know, I reacted a bunch more than he did, obviously. Yeah. yeah. He, but he felt shame of his son. He was shocked. That's what I was thinking. I mean, does he say, I'm sorry? Does, oh, I mean, yes, we sobbed together. It was, it was a strangely bonding experience, but. You have so many victims of a circumstance like, it's like you you need to comfort your son. You need to be comforted. Mm-hmm. Your your husband is you know you. I mean, some people you probably didn't, but if I'm on the outside and I'm hearing the story, I almost kind of mentally put your husband and like on the same team with his son. Yes, so it's like right. you want to react toward the husband like it's your son. You better do yeah. something, you know, and you're kind of, you're attacking him because and he's, and he doesn't have anything to do with it. Right. He can't control his son's choices. Right. But it's hard mm-hmm. to separate that. And, and I'm telling you, if you were to post this somewhere in a Facebook group, people would be like, Oh, you need to leave your husband. I, how dare. <laughs> that's what we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, how do you mention like, that? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, and, and that's probably my next question, which is, you know, how people reacted to it. But, um, I mean, mentally and emotionally separating that to say these are individual people that aren't controlling other people. You can't treat the husband like he is Mm -hmm. part of the problem. He has to be part of the solution. Now I can understand if you went to him and he was like, I don't believe that crap. You know, Mm -hmm. that would be a bad situation. Or if he was like, no, I'm not making my son go back to his mom's. Oh gosh. (laughs) Right. And that would be an immediate exit for me. So, but we did, we did bond together over, it was like, he told his son right away, you can't be here. You can't treat people like that. You aren't welcome here right now. We love you. I'll never stop loving you, but that is not acceptable behavior. And you have hurt my wife now and my stepson now, and we have to work through this before we can be together as family again. So he, he and I were very much a team on this. Not to say that there wasn't times where you know, I reacted to him because for, you know, whatever it was, a decision we made or something, I didn't feel like he was, you know, reacting strongly enough or, you know, there were times I certainly blamed him and Mm -hmm. felt like, you know, reacting to him because I, because in the end, the person who did this is a child. And so I, I can't make a child my target. And it's, it was a little bit easier for me at times to say, you know, husband, do something, you know, Uh make, 
do what we have to do. Stand up for me and my child. You promised me this. You promised me that. But he's also got a commitment to his child to protect. And at times, there probably was times that he needed to protect his child from my reaction. You know, not that I was ever abusive or anything like that. But if I was angry in a situation, he probably felt like a protective nature in himself rise up to where that you're right. It's It was super complicated. Yeah, because you... You know, if I'm trying to put myself in your husband's role, you you do have shame. You do have, oh gosh, how am I going to handle this? Um, It had to put him in a very precarious position. Where I mean, he's you talking about tough love? That's tough love. Uh And on and on top of that, there has to be probably a point where he's going. You know, it's probably down the road a little bit, but there had to be a point where he's like enough's enough. <laughs> We've got to move past this. Right. And and you may be at the point where you're like, I'm not done grieving. And he's like, but we've got to move past this. <laughs> right. Yes. And I think it helped that we immediately, you know, kept the boys apart. And so we could kind of do our, they could be in therapy separately, you know, each with their own therapist. We were in therapy separately from the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we did everything we could to heal on our own. Um, and our, and still to this day, our boys aren't together at the same here at the same time, unless they're supervised. And even then it's very, very little that I have felt comfortable allowing them to be together at all. So. Yeah, but you're like a ninja following them around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I am. Yeah. <laughs> and they hate it. Like if they want to play basketball or something, I, I'm just, I don't let them be around she's, each other. She's not a helicopter mom. She's a drone no. mom. <laughs> And with good dang reason. I mean, that's really. right. Yes. I know. I know. But, um, man, I mean, it's, if I have to use a car analogy, that's like, you know, two cars traveling toward each other and one of them crosses the, the line. You know, only one, only one person crossed the line, but, dude, it causes so much damage and destruction. Yes. And it is, I will say, it is absolutely miraculous that we survived. I cried the other day about it. I mean, my stepson is, you know, he's an adult and I don't necessarily trust him, but I don't hate his guts either. (laughs) So It is amazing. It is miraculous. It is, but God is what I say. If Mm -hmm. not for, I mean, I know not all of your listeners are, you know, Christians or have a religion, but that is my story. It, it could not have happened. Girl, I got goosebumps when you say that because we are believers and that is the only way that I can make sense out of how y'all survive this. I know. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that that's even the most godly reaction. I don't even know what the most godly reaction to this is. I think Christians could, you know, have God's blessing to leave a situation like right. this immediately. My godly reaction would have came from the Old Testament. <laughs> Strike him down. Yeah. My, <laughs> I had a few of those moments as well where I said some not, not so nice things to my husband about his sons and that almost ended things, you know, yeah. quicker than anything else. Because I, I just, I had a human reaction and, and let me have that, you know, <laughs> that's how I felt. Right. That's what I'm saying is from your, I just can't imagine from your husband's point of view where you kind of get to pick a side and he does and he's stuck in the middle. Absolutely not. Yes. He's like, I've got to do what's best for my son, your son, you, and you're going, I don't get, I don't care about what you do with your son. I'm protecting my son. You know what I'm saying? It's, and you know, to a much, much lesser degree, I think that happens to men a lot where they, they get stuck in the middle 
of those things. And, and of course, the situation is nowhere near what we're talking here. But I think um, just at a micro scale, that happens quite a bit. And women get been out of shape with, you know, why won't he parent the way I think he should parent? And, <laughs> you know, we call it guilty parent syndrome. But, um, you know, you even brought it up where you, you said you didn't think he was doing things, maybe uh, maybe punishment wise or whatever that you mm-hmm. thought should it be happening. And, um, and, and that's a conversation that happens a lot. I, I think Absolutely. that he should parent this way and I think he should punish <laughs> him for that. And, you know, Lori will tell you, there's times that she's looked at me and when my kids were younger and like, you should, you know, you should do X, Y, and Z because they did A, B, and C. Now that her mm-hmm. kid's older, <laughs> when he does mm-hmm. A, B, and C, she's looking at me and I'm going, where's the X, Y, and Z at now, honey? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I will say that that question, almost that in a nutshell, what would I have wanted my husband to do if the roles had been been reversed? Because Lord knows it could have been my child as the older one making the choice that his son made. And how would I want my spouse to treat my child had he made the dumb decision that my stepson made? But see, that's the thing is you were able to think that way. Mm-hmm. And most people they wouldn't have been been able to even go there. Mm -mm. It would have been, I don't give a crap how, you know, this would have been because that's not what happened. This is what happened. And I mean, I'm just, I'm in shock or in awe of you and your husband's relationship for y'all to be able to, like you said, to strangely bond through this trauma because that's what it was. It was a trauma Absolutely. Yeah. to where you're stronger now than you were before. Mm-hmm. And y'all had not been married a month and a half. I know. <laughs> I know. You had to feel like, oh, we're not that far in. Let's just pull the plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I wonder why I didn't. And there's been times since then where I'm like, why didn't I run right then? But not many of those moments. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, we're not out in the deep water yet. Just turn around and swim back. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Well, probably because I had just been through divor- divorce, so I was like, oh, let's see. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> but my child. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, and I know this is no comparison whatsoever, about the time that one of David's kids shot my son intentionally in the hand with an airsoft gun. <laughs> and to add to it, there's been things like that as well, just normal brother things since then supervised things, the things that, you know, he's been around my boys, the very little he has, he has not been the most loving individual to them either. I mean, one time he called my younger one uh, fat. And that's one of the times that I lost my ever loving mind and (laughs) even a bigger reaction than the initial thing, because I had had it at that point. You know, I was like, I have shown you grace and, and, you know, how dare you? Yeah. Yeah. How dare you? meet the grace and love that I've shown you with anything but love for my children since what, because of what you've done to hear Lori tell that my kids were trying to kill her kid. Like (laughs) I'm scared to leave them here. They'll kill him. I was, I would pay, pay one of them just so he'd make sure the others wouldn't kill him. (laughs) That's great. It's so funny. You know, um, I am, I'm just shocked. It just, I cannot imagine what you went through. I cannot imagine how you felt once your stepson started coming back over. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, you said you had yeah. a physical reaction. Has that gone away now? Yes. Yes. Unless I see something, you know, that feels off. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And there's been a few of those. I'm not going to share them, but <laughs> but there have been enough things to make. I mean, like I said, he has made some mistakes in his teenage years since then that have, um, you know, been difficult to deal with as well. But, you know, I don't feel the same. I don't have the same. No, I will answer. I will tell you, I can give him a hug and mean it. And I can. And a lot of it is just him maturing and he has shown a great amount of remorse, not only towards me, but in therapy, you know, we didn't make a, a move towards letting them ever see each other again until we had professionals saying they're okay. Your son is okay. Your son is okay. And they asked us to have them have their first seeing each other again in session. So both therapists came, both boys came and there were tears and there was healing and, and then still they didn't hang around with each other a lot, but I, there has been healing since then. You know, I do, I do wonder, had you packed your bags and left, would your stepson have gotten help? Yeah, I think so. My husband's pretty aware. Yeah. Yeah. He would, he definitely would have gotten to the bottom of how, what, you know, what happened? How does this happen? You know, right. and, and we still don't have a, an exact answer. Like, he, he hasn't come out and said, because I resent y'all getting married <laughs> or because I was trying to make life difficult. But he, I will say that he has done a lot of work in therapy on his own mm-hmm. and has, you know, come to some good conclusions about why he was against our marriage to begin with. I mean, he never grieved the loss of his parents' marriage until we were married, mm-hmm. until at all of this happened. And really until the last couple of years, he's gotten back in therapy and I can point a lot of, I don't think I've never told my husband this, but I think he was, there was a little bit of attempt to sabotage going on. I don't think he could have put it into words then, but I think he knew the fierce love that I had for my children. And maybe, I mean, he has an awesome mom. So that is not, it's not like his, his, you know, loss of a mom, but maybe he didn't have a mom in the home. And so there was maybe some jealousy there or, I don't know. There's a lot of things I could point it to, but he's never said, this is why I did this, mm-hmm. but I can pretty much figure it out. Yeah. And yeah. So, and I will say that his behavior since then has not been, let's break the marriage up with being ugly to my stepmom's kids. I mean, there's been a few times here and there, but. Has that been the catalyst really for getting things back to quote unquote normal? Because you do see that um, that willingness to say I was wrong and I'm sorry, because I imagine if he would have been like, "Dude, y'all are making such a big deal out of this," mm-hmm. you would have been like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm about to big deal upside your head, little boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was willingness on his part to do what he had to do. There was remorse. Yes. I if I hadn't seen those things, I wouldn't have been able to say. You, I mean, I want, I wanted to say you can't ever see my child again, mm-hmm. but you know, there, there, there was enough for me. And there was, there were two professionals saying that reunification after six months with limits and boundaries and, you know, that is possible. And I think that that's not a message. A lot of people hear that go through this. I think, like I said, I've posted anonymously about this on a face on a, you know, stepmom's Facebook page and the absolute only only advice I got from other stepmoms was run, run, run 
never let your child see him again. If you know, y'all need to separate divorce, blah, blah, blah. There was no other advice given. It's just burn the ships. (laughs) Yes. And I'm not, I'm going to listen to the professionals in the situation more than a random Facebook group. And it wasn't y'all's. It was a different one, but it wouldn't shock me either way. Quite honestly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I probably would have, if I, if you're not in the situation and you've not experienced it, you don't know what you'll do. So right. I don't, I'm not going to take some per, random person on Facebook as an expert on the situation. I am going to listen to the professionals. Yeah, so. well, good for you. Cause that's, that's honestly the first thing we tell people when they join the Academy is you've got to stay off the Facebook groups for at least 30 days yeah. because it will, it will tell you people in there will tell you the exact opposite of what you should yeah. be doing. And then right. you're conflicted. You're like, wait a minute, they're telling me this. And these other people tell right. me this. And, and, it seems like people gravitate toward either the person with the biggest voice or they just see them, you know, if 20 people give me this, this answer, then it must be right. Yeah. They don't, they don't consider that 20 people can be wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> they just think that, Oh, an abundance of the same answer must be the right answer. Right. Or they only want people to agree with them or, and they leave if they don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, and there's shame in even asking someone else's opinion. Like, that's why mm-hmm. I could, I mean, my mom didn't, my mom wasn't going to be able to offer me any advice on the situation. She was never been through that. My best yeah. friend couldn't give, she could tell me what she would do. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't, well, she I think she would other, do. Right. Yeah. And then the other piece of it was my husband didn't want me telling people like that's his child that he feels a little bit protective of. And so I felt lost like I didn't know I didn't know who to go to support support Girl, we, nobody I, my my first um how would I put this I don't know I'm the, afraid of what you're gonna say the infidelity <laughs> that happened in in my first marriage um it was swept under the rug for three years nobody knew and then when it and then when it happened again I was like I'm done and everybody was like but you, it, it was a mistake. It is the first time y'all been married for so long. And I'm like, no, it's not the first time. And they're like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, we didn't tell yeah. anybody. Right. It was just like, Similar story here. yeah, just sweeping under the rug. And I'm the only one that had to deal with, you know, all the levels and stages of grief that went on because, you know, the other side was just like, I don't want to talk about it. Did her family know? No. Okay. Just Nobody curious. knew. Okay. Well, and there's something to be said for, protecting your loved ones as well even if you eventually get out when you first find out something like that to imagine being on christmas morning with your mom and dad and your cheating spouse and and knowing that they know that he cheated but you reconciled that's a very difficult situation in and of itself you don't Mm. you don't neither one of those situations are great you know right (laughs) because they treat them differently and so that was my husband's deal is that if we survive this, I really don't want your parents knowing that my son did this to your son. And it was embarrassing for him. So that's understandable. I kind of get both sides of that. Well, and really, I'm sure you didn't want to like go spread the word because you didn't want people to look at your son differently. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because that thing, that kind of thing could follow them through high school. If the wrong people. find. Oh no, it'll follow them the rest of their life. Yeah. Yeah. There are still people that I remember in high school that people, you know, labeled them something. And here I am, I don't know how long I've been out of high school, 30 years. 
And I, when I see these people, I still think about that. Like, oh, that's so-and-so that was such and such. And I'm like, oh, that's so wrong. I don't even know if it was accurate, but it's because they had that label. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because for Lori and I, one thing that really helped us, I believe, is that at some point we really felt like we went through hell and back for a purpose. And, and I think that purpose was nacho kids and to help other families to avoid all the hell we went through. And because of that, I'm not going to speak for Lori, but for me, I look back on it and as, as painful as it was, I'm thankful for that pain because of what it's allowed us to be able to do for other people. Do you have anything like that that's happened or happening? I mean, this is honestly, this is the first time I've shared this story. I mean, I know it's anonymous, but I've, I've told a few other stepmoms that have not been in the same situation, but just in a uh, sharing forum, um, just one-on-one sharing that this is something that happened in our family. Um, So not yet is my answer to that. I hope and pray that this is um, an avenue to being for my story being used to give hope to someone. I mean, I feel like if I had heard this story early on, how much would I have felt like I'm not alone? And maybe that that's, maybe that's the purpose for now is that someone hears this and is going through it or has gone through it and they won't feel quite as alone and isolated as I did when I was mm-hmm. going through it. And your husband supports you doing this interview. Yes, he does. And he was like, make sure you stay anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, can you change my voice? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Sounds like a dude. (laughs) You have the capability. (laughs) I'm sure we can make it happen. Uh, We have the anonymous robot stepmom. Or we can make you sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks or something. Good idea. We can do that. I'm pretty sure we can do that. Yeah. I I mean, I I don't know that it would be easy or even possible to to just kind of do like me and Lori. I mean, me and Lori are kind of out there with it at this point, but yeah. it doesn't bring, there's no way it brings any kind of um, uh, strange looks to our kids or there's, right. no, you know, there, there's no stigma there. Our kids make fun of it as much as we do. Like, Oh yeah, we went through it. It was terrible. Not your kids saved our, uh, our relationship. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they love it as much as anybody else, but, but this, I can't write a book on. Right. Th- this is like, <laughs> Yeah. Not in a public way. Right. And and so because you have to consider there's still damage that can happen, even if you come out trying to help people. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, your son and your stepson, they will both, and you and your husband, carry this the rest of your life. It doesn't go away just because things have healed. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's yep. one thing I've told my stepson is you this has changed our family forever. Mm-hmm. It will ne- I will never be able to fully trust you. Maybe when you're an adult one day, but you have to, your behavior in our home will be watched and will be judged accordingly. And you're not off the hook. Like there have been times where he brought something up that was not appropriate for my younger son to be talking about. And I heard about it later and he heard from me and he, there were consequences from, that I didn't impart because I'm not your kid, but I asked my husband <laughs> because this is a safety issue. I don't not show everything, mm-hmm. but I did say, dear husband, will you, 
I need you to deal with this because it, because I don't, anything that affects me and my kids, I have to at least mention to my husband and ask for there to be consequences. Now, I don't know if that's not your advice, but that's what I've decided is best for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, as far as the nacho one goes, if the kids are sitting there arguing or something, then you can just remove your kid from the situation. Yeah. But with what's happened with your past and with your stepson saying inappropriate things around your younger child, then yeah, you definitely say mm-hmm. something. Be like, look, buddy, we don't want to go down this road again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, and I wonder if when your stepson says something like that, if he thinks in his head, crap, I should not have said that. He has learning disabilities, so I don't think he easily, until just about the last year, he doesn't easily connect choices with consequences. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't think he does. In the past, I don't think he does. It has taken so many reminders of that is not your job to teach my child about blah, 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 whatever it is. It still is difficult for him to have good boundaries, like I'm asking has he made any comment, maybe not to you, but maybe to his dad, like um, something to the effect of when will this end or mm-hmm. when can we just, you know, when is enough enough? Like, can I be sorry enough to, to this go, you know, this just goes away. Have you, has he said anything like that? Oh yeah. He, when he got back into therapy a couple of years ago, he definitely um, made reference to that on the way home one time, just, I am so sorry and I will, I don't think I'll ever not think about this is what he told his dad. I, oh, I think about it all the time, dad, Mm. and I don't want to feel this way anymore. And my husband just had to tell him, this is a part of your story now. You know, it's a part of our family story. Not everyone needs to know it, but we have to, we have to move on from it in a way that we still have good boundaries in place. And what, what your stepmom is asking is that you not have certain conversations with your stepbrothers and you need to respect her boundaries about those things mm-hmm. because you live in this home. This is what we expect. And he's clear about that with him. Um, I don't know if you can answer this question, but I, I mean, you're, you and your husband's level of like emotional intelligence is off the charts. What, do you, is it because of some career path you both are on or, or what is it that? Oh boy. No, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I did experience I did go to a lot of therapy in my first marriage, a lot. And I went to a lot of Anon meetings, which gave me a lot of language to kind of um, cope with all yeah, of this. Your communication skills had to, you have to have amazing communication skills to, to get through that. Yeah, for sure. And that's not something you have. You're not born with it. You have to, it's mm-hmm. practice, it's learned. So that's why I'm like, there's something with this couple. They've done something <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> You just don't make it through stuff like this unless you have some <laughs> level of skill, really. You you and him both have a have relationship skills that that are not typical. So I'm just kind of trying yeah. to figure out where did it come from. I, I'm not sure. I do I do agree that um, I, all I can say is the Lord gave it to us and allowed us to be in the place we're at to deal with something like this. I do a lot of reading. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question. I don't know. I don't know. You know, you mentioned, um, was it Alcoholics Anonymous or? Yeah, Al-Anon. Al-Anon. Mm-hmm. I, couldn't I went to Al-Anon and I went to S-Anon as well for sex addicts. Why is it sex addicts? That's, that's where a lot of yours is coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really think. I would agree. Yeah, I, was in, I was in counseling like three times a week at points during my first marriage. Yeah, because if you, I mean, if you really 
put forth effort than those. And they do teach you a lot of skills. Mm-hmm. You know, people people look at that as, oh, I can't believe you were in whatever anonymous. But I mean, they do teach you a lot of really great life skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you mentioned kind of on the opener that you and your husband both did the Ron Deal stuff and you did the homework and you did the we assessments. Did. And, and so you apparently you have, and Lori and I did a lot of that stuff too, but <laughs> you, you have the, um, the mindset that, look, we're going to figure this out and we're going to, and we're going to be better people and we're not going to settle for who we are today. We're going to keep right. trying to be better tomorrow. We don't have to, oh, yes. we don't have to be a million times better tomorrow. We just need to be, a, we just need to be a little bit better than we were yesterday. And then yeah. the next day will be a little bit better than we were before. And just these little 1% changes day after day after day make you such a, an amazing person and, and an amazing couple if you're both doing it together. And it sounds like that's yeah. what you've been doing. Yeah. We are very intentional people. Yep. For sure. Yeah. And then that's, that's what it is. Honestly, it boils down to intention. It does yeah. because yeah. most people don't live their life intentionally. They live their life like a, like a pinball ball mm-hmm. in a machine is just bouncing all over the place and whatever happens, happens. You told right. me you wouldn't call me that anymore, David. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you know, and that's some of the skill sets that we we start teaching people in the academy, and we get start getting them going down that path, which is which is very much stepping back and looking at your your situation outside of the situation, not being you know not being so close to it. And I like to tell people, I like to use the analogy of like the fighters in the ring. You know, you have two very skilled fighters that are in the ring and they're going at it and they're punching and kicking or whatever, depending on the sport it is, but they're going at it, man. And they, they know what they're doing. They train day in and day out. They, they know how to fight, but every time the bell rings and and the rounds over with, it's the coach that's standing 15 or 20 feet back is the one who's saying, this is what you're missing. This is what you're not doing right. This is what you need to improve on. And, and as a coach, that's what Lori and I do. We're not in the fight with these people day in and day out in their marriage, but we're standing back and we've coached other people and we've seen it for years and years and we can see things that they can't see because we're not in the fight. Right. right. Sometimes I feel like I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I have to knock her upside the head. Yeah. <laughs> Wipe well, her bloody nose. Yeah. Um, question about your youngest son with the therapist asking him questions since he went to therapy, do you think he kind of figured out what happened? No, um, good question. I don't think so because I've always asked him those questions. Like, did, you know, is anything inappropriate going on with that neighbor boy or whatever? Who, you know, I, I've always said, I've always asked those type of questions. So that was nothing new for him. I'm probably intrusive. mom. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I'm, I'm the same way. You know, I don't sugarcoat things. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, don't smoke weed that comes from this convenience store. And David's like, well, you just <laughs> gave him permission to smoke weed that comes off the street corner. And, uh, but you know, you have to talk to him about this stuff. I would say um, the in between it happening and where we are now is just a process. It was just, time passing, just like they say about grief. It's just over time. I saw that my stepson was remorseful over time. I saw that he was making, you know, choices with a little bit more wisdom over time. I noticed that his, you know, what, however brief their interactions were that they're, that my children and his interactions seemed healthy. And that, I, you know, when I had conversations with my son about this, it was almost a non-event to him. It was not 
traumatizing in the way that we expected. And so I didn't want to glaze over it, but I also didn't want to make it bigger than it was in his mind. So, you know, he's continued to be in therapy and she has not suggested that he needs to continue therapy. (laughs) So he's been in it sporadically and doesn't seem to have lingering effects from this um, situation. And in fact, asks to see his stepbrother. And so I have to limit that. But I also feel like if our family is in a spot where we can be a family in a different kind of way, then who am I to say that that, you know, that absolutely cannot happen and they can never see each other again. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, I think there's an in-between. There's an answer that's not divorce now or, you know, and never see each other again or everybody in the same house all the time. Let's go, you know. Yeah, it's work through the process. Yes. There's something in between those two extremes. And I feel like we found that by the grace of God. Um, yeah. yeah. So Now, you said that your stepson has learning disabilities. Do you think that you were able to give him more grace because of that? Maybe a little bit. I think I've, I think I've always had a little bit of compassion. Like I said, how would, if my child, not, not necessarily in this, in the marriage situation, but if it had, if it, if my child had made it a decision like this to another family and how would I want that other person to respond to my child? I think that I would expect some compassion and expect some, you know, accepting that this was a, a dumb childish decision in, instead of, you know, my child treating my child like they're a predator or the enemy or, you know, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I did have compassion maybe more than some would have. Maybe it was wrong in some ways. Maybe I had too much compassion. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know that you can have too much compassion. <laughs> well, I mean, when, when it's harmful to you or yeah, too much no compassion boundaries. would have been, yes, too much compassion would have been, let's sweep this under the rug. Right. Because we don't want to disrupt everybody. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, yeah. do you think, because you went a little bit into kind of the level of what happened, I guess, is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. If it had been a, a worse situation, do you think that you would have had to have handled it differently? Um, yes. And I think if my son had not been a willing, I mean, he was a participant. Mm-hmm. He right. was not forced. Right. I will put it that way. If it if it had been a situation where he was forced, I, I think I would have responded differently. Right. But not to say that that gives my stepson any excuses. I'm not making excuses for his choice. Um, so you talked you talked a little bit about your your husband. I'm sorry, ex husband. Because um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, dude, if my ex wife would have called me and said that, mm-hmm. it, I'd been like Sherman's March to the Sea. I'd have lit the <laughs> everything on fire trying to get over there. Um, He's not that way. He's just a little more passive. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> thankfully, but one thing we didn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, I don't know. I and I know what I would have done because I'm. Uh, I'll admit it on on the air. I had a time when this the um, my kid's stepdad physically pinned one of my kids to the bed uh, because he was um, hitting on one of his brothers, and so he physically grabbed him. Now I don't know. My son was probably thirteen, fourteen years old, something like that. But he he grabbed him and jerked him up off his feet and pinned him to the bed which I thought was a, a bit aggressive. And um, I'm not going to lie to you. I went over there and knocked on the door and said, you want to grab somebody and throw them around? Here I am. Let's go. 
Yes. And uh, but fortunate for him, he didn't answer the door. And, and Dave is the calmer one out <laughs> of yeah. the two of us. So. Yeah, but it's like, look, you're not gonna do, you're not gonna snatch my kid up mm-hmm. and do that. You could have, mm-hmm. first of all, his mom should have handled it. Uh, but secondly, you're not gonna manhandle my kid. And um, yeah. you know, it was probably a good thing that he sent um, the ex-wife to the door because she wasn't gonna allow him to come to the door because she knew what would happen. It would have been, it would have. It went bad. And um, and I'm in the car with my renting itself saying, let her say something. Let her say something. <laughs> <laughs> Come yeah. at me. Yeah. <laughs> Come at me, bro. But um, yeah, I just, you know, and it's not that I grew up, you know, being somebody who fought all the time. It's, it's just, oh, don't lie. Okay. Maybe a little bit. No, actually, I grew it's up. like you, professional fighting. I grew up being, no, I grew up being bullied until I, I was probably like 14. I got into martial arts and then that all changed. So, yeah, up until I was 14 or 15, somewhere thereabouts, I was bullied a good bit. But anyway, that's, we are not going down that road. Um, w- one thing I was trying to get to before Lori derailed me again was what about the, um, your stepkid's bio mom. How did she oh. take all this? Because we didn't talk about her. Oh. Other, other than to say she's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> she's a great mom. Yeah, um, which we don't hear that very much. So <laughs> she can be she can be a a, lo- a little bit territorial. So there was a little bit of um not my son, but it didn't last long. And and I will say there was a lot of compassion towards me. Um she was highly embarrassed as well and I mean once she realized that there was no getting around this this is what happened mm-hmm. you know she wanted to make sure sure my son was okay and um and so I appreciate that there's nothing negative I have to say about that except that it was just embarrassing to have to tell her and my ex right after we got married <laughs> that this happened in our home and kind of like under our watch you know it was humiliating but we've all got past that for the most part. I mean, yeah. And did, did your husband tell her or did you like pick up the phone? Like, Let oh, me no. tell you what you're no, saying. No, no, no. <laughs> My husband, when he drove her over there, drove him over there that night, he had to tell her, this is why we're here. And so that's how that went down. Oh man. You know, I just feel for everybody in this situation. Oh, no. I mean, I, I feel sick for your husband having to tell her that I feel sick for her having to hear it. I feel sick for you and your son. It just, the only good thing is y'all survived. We survived. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And not only that, but you have, I think you have a story and a situation that can really, really help other people. Yeah. Um, the, the challenge is helping other people that are, they are not going to want to talk about it. And, and you're in a situation where you can't be super open about it either. So it's almost like, how do you make these two people find each other? You got the person that can't openly talk about it a lot. And then the other people that can't openly search out help a lot. So it's so hard to put these people together. That's why I couldn't find anyone to tell, to talk to about. (laughs) What I should have done was just, I don't know, maybe found a wrong deal, certified counselor or something, or one of the other stepmom groups maybe they could have led me in the right direction but I hadn't I hadn't found Facebook step groups at that point and for yeah. some reason that's probably good but some I probably could have used more support on that well 
I'm afraid that you would not have been given good support. You're probably right. I probably wouldn't still be married. No, you probably wouldn't because in your head, you would have been thinking all the crap people were telling you if I'm stupid, if I stay, I'm a crappy mom. If I stay, I'm letting my son stay in the home that he was abused. I'm, you know, right. Right. What kind of mother are you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, how did you get over, because we have people ask us this all the time, how do you get over the resentment that you have towards the stepson? And honey, their resentment is because the stepkid don't listen or they talk back. I mean, if we're going to level the resentment that you were able to overcome versus them, I mean, we're looking at, you know, a volcano versus an anthill. So, I mean, it's still there. It's still there. I will say, I will be honest and say that I just like anybody, I'm not totally past that feeling, but in our vows, my husband and I decided to uh, include some kind of quote that said, love is a choice, not a feeling. And that's where I pulled from. I just kept making the decision over and over. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of a old DC talk song. Love is a love verb. Is a verb. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> all, this, all this stuff in Baptist. Yeah. Love me no, some DC talk. The only rap I was allowed to listen to. So I knew every word. <laughs> I know. I don't even know what y'all talking about. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a pagan. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Girl, I grew up in Pentecostal churches. <laughs> oh, no. You're not a pagan. You're more godly than all of us. <laughs> She's like, I will hold a snake if I have to. No, it wasn't that kind. <laughs> it was not that and kind. I don't, I don't want that to sound overly spiritual. Like, oh, I chose to love in spite of everything. But I don't know how else to answer it. I mean, I feel like. I, I think that's the perfect answer. You did choose to love. You chose to find compassion and understanding when there was none that could be found from a fleshly standpoint, for lack of a better word, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and not to get really religious or anything, but spiritual. Okay. Not to get really <laughs> spiritual or anything, but you know, from a Christian standpoint, we're supposed to share the love of Jesus and that's what you did. Yeah. Well, and it's, what's interesting about it is that I want to share part of this text that he sent me on my last birthday and I won't read it word for word, but and this is from the stepson. Yes. Okay. And, Ever since this happened, his main, every birthday, every holiday, anytime he signs a card towards me, the message is, and I'm not going to read it because that might be too personal, but the message from him is, I don't know how you do what you do. I don't know how you still love me, but I'm so thankful you do. And you have been the love of God to me. And the fact that he can verbalize that, and I feel like he understands that finally is extraordinary and i think that it's just an awesome story and i'm thankful for it yeah well you mentioned you know grace and mercy it's it's one thing to see it it's another thing to be given it yes and i think he understands the weight of that because he's even said i don't know that i could do the same thing when i become a dad one day i don't know if i could do it either (laughs) i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know well my husband said that too i said because how many times i had that you know, in a conflict in the last several years, if it comes up and it always comes up because it's very, very real difficulty for me in every interaction with my stepson. Mm-hmm. He's, he's said many times, I don't think if there, if the roles had been reversed, I don't think I could have responded like you did. Yeah. 
Well, that that brings up a really powerful point that I think people miss a lot, especially when they go into Facebook groups and are asking about help and, you know, what would you do in my situation? I honestly think that unless people are trained in how to properly respond to that, they are, they are lying to you because they don't know how mm-hmm. they will respond in that situation. And you won't know unless you're in that situation, unless you have a lot of understanding on how to really step back and answer that question. Because just like you said, if you put it, if you put this story in a Facebook group, you're going to get your crappy mom if you don't leave and you should run and all these things, you didn't do any of those, but yet everything turned out the way it should had. And if, if any matter, if anybody would have come to you before this happened, probably gave you that story, you might've even said you probably should run. But when it happens to you, it is a much, much different ball game. Well, it's similar to people in abused relationships. They think the first time somebody lays a hand on me, I'm gone. Right. Next right. thing you know, they're not gone. They're actually feeling guilty because the other person hit them. Mm-hmm. Right. And here's the thing. I mean, when, you, when you've just been through a divorce and you put your kids through difficult stuff, on both sides and you think of leaving a, another marriage. I mean, that's, it's, that sounds like a selfish, it, it wasn't a selfish motivation, but it, but you do think of your children and the effects of another divorce when you go through something like this. I had those exact feelings when, when Lori and I were going through things and people were, would be like, you don't have kids with her. So just, just end it. There's no reason for y'all to go through Who this. Who told you that? Everybody, <laughs> even the preacher no was like, friend. "Get rid of that infidel." No, I'm just kidding. She's not. She's not infidel. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, I just it was it was exactly that. It was, uh, you know, I have to show my kids that you don't just throw relationships away. That's right. That you've got to fight for things. And and dude, I had people like, you know, why? Why would you do that? You, and I'm thinking, how else are they going to – right now, the only relationship they know is the busted-up one that me and their mom had. Exactly, yeah. So, mm-hmm. And if I don't have something to show them as they're growing up to for them to emulate, then what are they going to do? Well, it's funny that you brought that up, David, because right before you brought that up, I'm sitting here thinking, imagine what she taught her kids by them seeing her and her husband work through this mm-hmm. and your stepson. Yeah, because I'm telling you, my kids, the, the triplets are, they'll be 20 next week. And uh, my oldest is 21. And um, I had one of the triplets the other day tell me, you know, he was singing my, the praises of how great of a dad I was. And, and when he does that, he always points not to what I told him, but what he saw me do. It's, it's always, I saw you do this. And that's why, that's why I'm inspired and that's why I look up to you because you did this. Not because I said anything that I got out of some quote from a book or whatever. It was always they looked at how I carried myself and how I responded to things. And that's how you live it out. Exactly. Yeah. They want to see, they want to see somebody do what they say they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Not, and they saw us fight for our marriage. I was going to say, you could have just stopped right there. They saw us fight. That <laughs> <laughs> <Not> too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, as much as I hate when people 
fight in front of the kids do we fought in front of the kids and i hated it and that we did it but we we fought um against each other in front of them but we fought for each other in front of them too and so they they didn't they cannot possibly say oh we never knew that they had problems and all of a sudden everything was great (laughs) they saw all the conflict resolution skills i one of them would call me before he come out from his mom's like is is Lori still living there (laughs) and i'm like yeah and they're like okay unfortunately (laughs) yeah And I would have to talk to them at, at night and say, look, this is, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to fix things and I'm trying to, um, you know, not live a life of regret and, you know, show you what it means to have a relationship. And it's not easy. Yeah. And part of the problem, I think sometimes, not that I want people to fight in front of their kids, but I think sometimes because they don't see any struggle at all, they just like, oh, this is such an easy thing. Relationships are a uh-huh. piece of cake. Yeah, or those people that split up and they go, I don't understand. They never fought. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and I'll be honest. I grew up in in a in a family where my parents. I don't know that I ever saw them fault. Now they fight like cats and dogs. Now mm-hmm. they're still married, but I mean, even tonight, my sister's coming up here and like, don't be talking to mom and daddy tonight. They ready to kill each other. <laughs> and um, but growing up, I never knew we had money issues, even though we were on food stamps. I never knew that we. Um, had they had marital issues, even though there was infidelity, I found out later on. I mean, all these things that were happening, and we were completely insulated from that stuff. And so, you know, I grew up thinking that you know, the family life is just—it's just so easy. It's you know, what's what's and some then of you the, married Satan? Yeah, then I'm, <laughs> I don't think you're that bad. I think you're right. I was talking about <laughs> let's clarify there yeah so uh yeah i often forget about the first marriage um but anyway so it it is interesting how we we try to protect our kids from the issues that are going on but sometimes i believe that that insulation uh makes the expectations that have later in life completely wrong they just think it's going to be easy and then when it's not they go oh well this must have been the wrong person let me go find another one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do want to ask you something else. Um, you know, your stepson's kind of like, okay, when is this going to be over? When is my punishment enough kind of thing of why do I have to keep reliving this? Because, I mean, you do want him to learn from it, but you don't want him to have to live it every day. And I wonder about your son. Does he kind of feel the same way of like, mom, come on? Yes, he definitely does. Yes. He's like, I can have a conversation with him, mom. You know, like, let us just be, we're friends. It's fine. You know, yes, I hear that every time they're ever together, as little as it is, because I feel so protective now, even though some of that is waning, you know, they, it drives them crazy how just on them I am. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and he may not ever understand it until he gets older and has children of his own. But I do wonder, um, if your son chooses to have a relationship, you know, a close bond with his stepbrother when he gets older. I'm okay with that. Good. Yeah. I mean, they're on their way there already. And I have to let go of that because the reality is I could have divorced my husband three years ago and they could still want to be friends when they become adults. Exactly. And I would have nothing that I could get to say, but I could say nothing about that. So, right. you know, I have to help foster that at some point I have to say, 
you're right. He's an adult now. And, but I mean, there will always be some uh, resistance for me. Like I, I'm not going to, I don't want him getting in the car with my stepson when he's in high school and my stepson's in college, you know, like I'm always going to feel a little bit nervous about yeah. um, mm-hmm. them hanging out until they're both grown adults. But I'm sure years down the road, there will be those interactions where I can do nothing about it because they want to hang out. And yeah. for, for the most part, I'm okay with that. We uh, tell this quote that the best advice that she had ever received about blending. And I love this though. It says, when you learn, if when you learn to sit, at the table with your Judas, you understand the love of a stepmom. Huh. Yeah. So you like mm-hmm. that? The people that don't know that story, Judas was betrayed by Jesus. Other way around. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus was betrayed. Excuse me. Jesus was betrayed by Judas. Yes. And yeah. So that's I hadn't read that version, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a biblical scholar here, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, that's the truth. Right. And it's, what's funny about that is that, and I'm, we're probably getting close to time, but before we even got married, I found this step family quote and I was like, Ooh, I'm going to make it into a sign. And I, and I made this sign where it says something about blood, blood, you know, family isn't just blood relatives. It's anybody who loves you unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And so it's hanging over our dining room table. And I've got that sitting there staring in my face every time it gets hard. And I'm like, well, what? Am, am I going to treat him like family because I love my husband or am I going to not? Right. Those are my options. <laughs> mm-hmm. You had to put that up in the house now, didn't you? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny that, you know, when we opened up the show, you talked about how you did all this work and y'all were going to knock it out of the park. And I don't know if you've ever heard Lori tell this, our story, but it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh man. It's Eight take- years to blend. Psh, we got this. Yeah, we can do this in eight <laughs> oh, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, we ain't gonna have no problems at all. And yeah, then, we're, we're these goal setters. Before the fall. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like the GPS in the car, whatever it'll say, you will arrive at 902. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm gonna get there at 901. Watch this. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, we were, I mean, we're kind of competitive anyway. So we were like, uh-uh, yeah. whatever it says, mm-hmm. we're gonna beat that. And, uh, Heck yeah. And girl, yeah, but, I mean, I studied this stuff like it was so did I. like a degree I was trying to get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were going to get it right, dang it. Yeah. And we yeah. were, mm-hmm. I mean, we're pretty um, astute individuals and we we're driven. And, you know, we, I think we had all the recipes for success. And, and it's still, man, something just snatched the rug out from under us. And then when we decided to do the complete opposite of everything we learned at work. how funny oh and I wanted to mention that I um for the most part let my husband parent my stepson especially after something like this like I said unless it's a safety issue I don't involve myself in much of his parenting now if my husband asks me you know but that's why I found your method helpful um because I it allowed me to step back and I really needed to. I just looked out for my safe for the safety of my children, mm-hmm. but I didn't, you know, I didn't get all wrapped up in every little decision that he was making and how my husband responded to it. So that really helped. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad that we could help you. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you letting us talk to you about this is definitely going to help a lot of people because we have ran across a lot of people that this has been the case. And we know that they didn't have that or they don't have the support either because they they're embarrassed like you said everybody's embarrassed yeah 
And oftentimes you don't even know what to do. You're just paralyzed. Yes. Oh yeah. There's a big part of that for sure. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, I tell people a lot of times when we're doing coaching and they'll say, you know, my husband, my husband's kid did X, Y, and Z, and he just didn't do anything. And I'm like, he's completely paralyzed. He has no mm-hmm. idea how to mm-hmm. affect change. And so he just does nothing. Right. It's the worst thing. Yeah. We're all doing the best we can. Yeah. That's right. So, well, what would you, if you had to kind of summarize, like if somebody came to you and, and they were like, I'm having this same issue, what, what can you tell me in, you know, a, a couple of sentences that's going to set me on the right path? Okay. Um, I, I feel like I would tell them, get everybody in counseling right away. Um, do what you legally have to do and, and report if you have to, depending on what happened. Um, and besides that, I mean, just survive it and find somebody you can talk to because for me, it was my best friend that I felt like I could trust. Um, but outside of that, you know, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of people I could talk to, but there, you need to have someone you can talk to and you and your husband or the couple probably needs to be in therapy as well. For sure. Yeah, I think that probably helped y'all a lot too. Do Do you ever get to the point where you can separate the situation from the person? Like you can be mad about the situation, but not mad at the person? Yeah, I think so. Because like I said, I, I can almost see the situation as foolish childhood choice mm-hmm. instead of who he is at his core. I think I've seen past that one or two choices to who who he is at, at the heart of my stepson, who he is. Um, so yes, I think that's possible, but I think it takes work and effort. I think it would be, it's going to be easier for your son and your stepson to get past this. And it will be for you and your husband. Um, Mm -hmm. because of the age, I mean, I, I look back at what, when I was 10, I don't know if I remember anything I did at 10, (laughs) (laughs) you know, even the, the hurts and the pains and all that, I just don't remember. It just, too young, you know, but when you're older and you, and things happen, especially when they happen to your kids, it's like, you don't forget that stuff. No. And I will say my reaction was a little bit delayed and, and my, a lot of my anger came about a year and a half, two years later. And that coincides with the honeymoon period being over as well. <laughs> when you mm-hmm. first get married, you know, maybe you put up with more and then, you know, <laughs> thing, it kind of hit the fan, so mm-hmm. to speak. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause you probably, when you first get married, you're like, Oh, there's, you know, we expect a little, a few little speed bumps, but mm-hmm. we're so happy to be together. Right. And then, you know, yeah. two or three years in, you're like, okay, you know, the road should be really paid happened. by now. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that is true. I remember a, a buddy of mine when I was single, I had a buddy of mine, his wife was like, you can't hang out with David because he makes single life seem like it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I do wonder sometimes if we have that kind of effect where uh, step families are looking at, you know, the bio families and, oh, it's so great, you know, or or they're looking at somebody else's family and, and you know, oh, this seems like they're so great, which we all know everybody puts their 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 best foot forward on social media, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, they're pretty much all living a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So true. But 
I told Lori, I said, we were on vacation one time and I said, um, we should take pictures of like the yachts and be like, oh, we just got back in <laughs> from being on the water <laughs> and then take pictures of somebody else's house and be like, oh, look, we just got the manicure on the lawn, <laughs> you know, just all this stuff. We complete lies because I honestly feel like so many people do not to that degree, but you know that some of that stuff <laughs> is just out there. Like their life is not that great. <laughs> So true. Well, thank you again. We really appreciate you sharing your story with us. And um, thanks for having me. You know, in a couple years, I want to see touch base with you and see. That's a great idea. I'm thinking we should have like an annual annual episode (laughs) because I mean the podcast. You know, it gets it's like anything else. It gets buried, and unless people, you know, if I'm just now listening to this podcast, I'm not likely to go back twenty or thirty episodes, maybe fifty episodes. I've gone. I've gone back pretty far. I've gone back like fifteen, twenty. So yeah. Okay. Well, let's know, let's say fifty episodes because <laughs> it'd be it'd be fifty-two episodes before we have you back again. Oh, so, wow. You know, so I don't know that people would do go back that far, and you know, <laughs> and it is one of those things where, like you said, I think people would benefit from it, and they're looking for that help. But there's not a lot of people out there that's stepping forward and going, "Hey, this is what happened and how I dealt with it." Not to say that that's how everybody should deal with it, but that's right. That's you know, we right. Tell, I'm not the expert. Right. We tell people that about Nacho, and it's not for everybody. We're not saying yeah. every every family step family should be doing this. We're saying yeah. that it's a, it's a method that works for a lot of people, and you have to figure out if it's going to work for you. Yeah. Um. You know, don't get mad because you know you disagree with it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Lori the other night, I was like, you know, we can disagree about the the, your, the best movie ever made. We can disagree mm-hmm. about your, the, the best food ever made. But, oh, Lord, if you disagree about step parenting. <laughs> and that's exactly how he Look said out. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People will unfriend you. Yes. <laughs> well, definitely stay in touch with us. I will. And tell your husband that we think he's awesome. Yep. Well, thank you. I will. I think he is too. Tell him the next time we've got to drag him into the interview. Hey, that's a really good idea. Yeah, yeah that would be really good. If he's interested, Thanks let y'all. us know. Yep. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Lori. Thanks, David. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Just to kind of wrap up a little bit. A lot of times we wonder how our significant other is going to react to things. And her significant other reacted to this event Perfectly, in my opinion. Hmm. He wasn't accusatory of her child. He wasn't going crazy. He told his son, pack your bags. You need to go stay with your mom for a while. Yeah. And that had to be a tough decision. Right. But I think it was the right decision. Yeah. Anyway. It's tough. And, you know, we talked about it in, in the intro about how people give you this advice that you should follow. And, you know, for them, it worked out. This this particular path, you know, would it work out for somebody else? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would say, I'm not sending my kid to the ex. Um, I would rather send my significant other away. <laughs> right. And that's a hard choice. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of mentally going through it right now, and I'm like, wow. That's yeah, just, me too. That's tough. Uh, because you know, I I would have did it probably differently, but I would have probably did it wrong too. <laughs> well, like I said, it depends. Like if you and I had a, uh, we were going through a kind of a great relationship period, um, it would be a very different call than if we were going through a very very rocky, 
trial-ridden period. Right. So to some people, this could have been the straw that broke the camel's back because of the previous stress they had and things like that. Whereas if everything was going well and then this came up, then it's a challenge. It's a hurdle. It's something that you've got to get through, but it's not the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. Like I I would think, because I'm never going to speak to this in absolute terms, but I would think if something like that were to happen to you and I today, it would be very different than if it would have happened to us in year three. Yeah, because year three, we were just looking for a reason for me to leave. Oh, we didn't need a reason. Yeah, we had already I was much decided trying to, trying to find a way for you to leave. Like, let's see here. Let's see if I can find a place for you to stay. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I wasn't doing that. You might have been looking for places to stay, <laughs> but I wasn't looking for you. Yeah, I was. <laughs> anyway. Um, Look, she's, she's having a post-traumatic stepmom incident. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just hurtful to remember those things. Yeah. But remember. Especially when you're like, yeah, I was looking for a place for you to stay, or I couldn't wait for you to get out. No, it wasn't that. It was a lot of, it was a lot of mixed emotions. A lot of mixed emotions. And they literally changed from minute to minute. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Okay. All right. So there's a lesson to you folks. Don't dig up the bad stuff. Well, <laughs> Just- I mean, with us sharing our story, we have to talk about our bad stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a really hard time. A lot of people don't know that during that time, I was also unemployed. Yeah. And that added a lot of stress to it. Right. And you developed illness because of it and severe weight loss, and it was crazy. Yeah. Like, stress will kill you, people. Yeah. Like, it really almost killed me. I'm not lying. No. No, you you were pretty bad. Pretty yeah. bad off. I was having to buy kids' clothes, and I'm not a small person. <laughs> it's not like I'm petite. I got the shoulders of a linebacker. And now she's, you don't have a shoulders of a linebacker. Now she's like, I need a little bit of stress yeah. <laughs> to get this weight off. Well, maybe we should talk about it. So I'll be stressed today and not eat. No, because you stress eat. Well, how did I lose weight then? That's interesting, though, because sometimes they're stress eating and they're stress not eating. So yeah. I don't know where the line is. I don't either. Oh, no. Anyway, we're chasing a rabbit down the rabbit hole. Yeah. The line on the scale keeps moving, though. <laughs> we're blaming that on COVID. Yeah. Them COVID cheeks you yep. got. Um, One thing that I do want to address before we wrap up here is it is so, so, so very important to talk to your children Mm -hmm. about appropriate behavior with siblings, step-siblings, friends, neighbors, and things of that nature. Yeah. It's a good idea to keep good lines of communication anyway about anything. because, And it's not that I'm saying you should be your kid's friend. Um Interestingly enough, it's, you know, with, with parents, you say you should be their parent, not their friend. But with step parents, you say the opposite. You're like, you should just be their friend, not their parent. Right. <laughs> but anyway, just on the side note, um, you know, I think that you and I both did a really good job of keeping those roles in place where my kids know I'm the parent. Uh, but you you are able to take conversations a step further than I can. <laughs> and and it brings me into the conversation, but I don't have to initiate the conversation sometimes. And we'll be honest, a lot of times I think I should not have asked. 
Yeah, you know, as a parent, there's some things you're like, I just didn't want to know that. You know, I just. But I'm not their parent, and I want to know. Yeah, I'm like, I, I can just assume. I don't really need the details. But at the same time, though, my kids, they, no doubt, they will come to you or me anytime they need to talk about something or anytime they have an issue. They have a level of respect and trust for both of us that they don't have other places. And I do think them seeing us go through the struggles we went through and overcoming those helped them build that respect for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that sometimes bites you, though, because there's there's at least one of my sons that I'm like, you know, the girl you dating, I wish you would just cut her off and go away. (laughs) And he did for a minute. And, and, you know, I I know in his mind he's thinking, but, Dad, you spent all this time telling me how you had to fight for your relationship (laughs) when you and Lori were going through stuff. That poor kid. We we harassed him to break up with the previous girlfriend. (laughs) And now this girlfriend that he broke up with for a short minute or a quick minute, and then they got back together. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I try not to be the parent that's like, nobody's good enough for my kids. But nobody's good enough for your kids. I don't think that's the case. Well, it is for, with me, and I'm not even their parent. I, I think that it's just a matter of being being who we are, going through what we've gone through. We can see a lot of the issues that are going to come down the road, and they can't. So because we have more foresight, it's not that we don't, care for the person it's it's we see the behaviors and patterns that they can't see yet because they've not experienced it so they don't have any way of knowing that's a red flag kind of like me getting married at such a young age and thinking the only thing that mattered was he loved me yeah no well, i didn't get married as young as you did but i can look back on things now and say Ooh, i should have i wish i'd have called that because that you know at 40 something years old had I almost known, 50. <laughs> yes, very close. I'm much closer to 50 than 40. Um, I would have caught a, a lot of things that I just didn't have life experience to catch. And I'm not going to say people didn't tell me it wasn't my friends. They were dumb as I was. <laughs> but I think I had adults around me that were like, are you sure? And, you know, part of me is like, thanks for letting me make a mistake because I think you you know, you should be able to make your own mistakes because they stick with you longer as a life lesson. But at the same time, I almost go like, I wish you would have like shook me and been like, no. But um, I don't know. if I probably wouldn't have listened anyway. No, you wouldn't have. Yeah, Because, you know, they tell you. We, we have to learn from our own mistakes. Yeah. And sometimes the more an adult at that age, um, you know, I wasn't a teenager. I was in my 20s, but still. It's almost like the more somebody tells you don't do it, it's like, I'll prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny that I just said that you have to learn from your own mistakes, but we're trying to teach people from our mistakes so they don't have to learn from no, their own. Look, you can learn from your own mistakes. That's the harder way to do it. Or you can learn from other people's mistakes. Well, there's That's a the reason. smart way to do it. Well, there's a reason that wisdom comes with age. Right. For some people. So Dave is going to be so much smarter in a day. Yes. Or a week. Yes, I am smarter every day than I was the day before. And I'm telling every one of you under my age, I ain't telling you how old I am. (laughs) 
you think you know something, give it five years. The funny thing is, like, almost every decade, we're going to run down a rabbit hole, but every decade, it's like, you look back at the decade before, and you're like, dude, I was stupid. <laughs> like, you know, I look, when I hit my 30s, I look back at my 20s and go, man, good grief. I was it dumb. I wish I'd have known then what I know now. Then I hit 40, and I look back at 30s and do the same thing. So uh, I, You realize we've been married about a decade, a little bit over a decade? It's been has it been over? Yeah, it's been over, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be eleven years this year. Woo-wee. Well, on our thirteenth anniversary I'm throwing a big party. Why thirteenth? Because you would have lasted longer than any other person. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. So I don't get appreciated till I make it past that mark, y'all. I appreciate you every day. You know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna die the day before. Don't do that. Yeah. Just give me a killer funeral. Yeah, so I'm going to throw, throw this big party, big 13th anniversary, because you know I like that. At the funeral home. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big number 13 fan anyway. So. And I'm not, but that's okay. Yep. I'll, I'll have a party. You'll have a party? Yeah, I'll attend. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's I, let these people go, David. All right. Fine. We will let you go. All right, folks. That is our show for today. And as heavy as it may have been, we know you can take it. So remember to go out there and, you know, be good to each other. Look for the good. Don't look at the negative and for the negative. It's all around you. You don't have to look for it, but look for those things that are positive. And take away something that she said during this interview. She was trying to look at her stepson like she would want others to look at her child if Mm -hmm. it would have been her child. Yep. So that's a very emotionally intelligent way to do it. Yes. So just remember, folks, make everything and everyone better because you're part of their life. Exactly. Or or as I like to say, leave everything and everyone better than you found them. Okay. That's a Davidorism. Yeah. I didn't come up with that. But anyway, I like it. And I try to do that. Try to be a better person than I was the day before. And I try to make people better than I found them. I improve on myself and others. Okay. All right. I got to go. So we'll see you. (laughs) See you next week, folks. And remember, life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.